Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Isn't Real, the podcast where we talk about all things fan theory regarding film and sometimes games and sometimes books, novels. <laughs> well, yeah, <what>? starting now. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> We've never done that before. What are you talking I'm about? I'm your host, Leif Eric, and I'm here with my co-host, Torvald. On this wonderful Christmas holiday, we're going to be discussing A Christmas Carol, that all-time seasonal classic from way back in 1843 by the legendary Charles Dickens. Everyone knows this story. Proportionally, few people have actually read the short story. So I'll be basing today's theory on the actual novel, but I will also be basing it on the Disney <laughs> A Christmas Carol. What? Whoa. <laughs> exactly. What blows my mind is Mickey's Christmas Carol came out in 1983, which is like close to 100 years after Mickey himself came out. And uh -huh. presumably several years after the character of Scrooge McDuck came out. And this is the role that Scrooge was meant to play. It's the role he was born to play. I don't understand. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck, maternal uncle of previously established character Donald Duck made his first named appearance in the story Christmas on Bear Mountain, which was published in Dell's Four Color Comics, number 178, on October 22nd, 1947. You got it. So, and that just blows my mind. How could they have a character named Scrooge sitting <laughs> Scrooge. around for decades without making a Christmas carol about Scrooge? <laughs> just yeah. like finding well. that out. Find, so I thought that Mickey's Christmas Carol was way older than it actually is. Um, <laughs> finding out that it was so recent just like destroyed my brain. I didn't know how to process it. I was like, what? I guess that makes sense why we watched it so much then as yeah kids, it was like it relatively come out new. on vhs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy anyway uh, i in my personal opinion you know and you know that's <laughs> for what it's worth uh mickey's christmas carol is the definitive bar none version of this <laughs> movie <laughs> i i agree with you <laughs> but i know a lot of people like other versions a lot so, of people really love the muppets I know, version oh yeah yeah muppets christmas carol i mean you you can't say anything bad about that. It's more just like I grew up with Mickey's Christmas Carol, so that's my preference. Yeah, I, Muppet I just Christmas didn't really watch the Muppets one as well. Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic, though. Uh, no, we've got a really fun theory today. The theory is that A Christmas Carol, which is traditionally viewed as, you know, the, a story where a man either dreams or is actually visited by supernatural spirits and decides to change his ways based on what they show him. No, none of that happened. We don't believe in supernatural spirits. We know that ghosts don't exist. yeah. So because we know that ghosts don't exist, this must have actually happened to him. And this must mean that he had, you know, a bunch of his friends and relatives basically setting him up. Um, they were playing a trick on him. They were oh, uh, trying see. to convince him that he was being visited by spirits and by, you know, people from his past and seeing his worst experiences replayed for him and then seeing his future death. All to convince him to basically give all his money to his friends and uh, support them for the rest of their lives because he hadn't been doing that. <laughs> well, his, his, his yeah. I, I should say co-workers and family because he didn't really have friends. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's true. But yeah, basically the okay. theory is that huh. A Christmas Carol is uh, it's a con. It's, a, it's the story of one big Whoa. con to take this man's money. They all knew he was dying. So they're like, hey, we got to set this up. Otherwise, we're going to get nothing. <laughs> we're not going to get that inheritance. I, I'm curious to know how they, they did this con, because, I mean, they're no Brothers Grimm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they were involved. They were alive around the same time period, I think, maybe. Kind of, I, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, Brothers Grimm came, like, I think way before uh, Charles Dickens. Hey, so here's a random question. <laughs> you know in uh, Muppet Babies how Miss Piggy says, I'm as cute as the Dickens. <laughs> Um, and apparently, you know, that's like an idiom uh, as the Dickens. Why? Why? What does that mean? Why is that? Do you know? I don't know, but I'm sure Google does. <laughs> Let's see. As cute as the Dickens. I've always assumed it has something to do with Charles Dickens, but maybe not. <laughs> the Dickens is a colloquial expression used as an interjection expressing astonishment. Um, what the Dickens is that thing doing? You know, so uh, it, I guess it's oh, like saying so it's like a swear I'm word. as cute as all get out, right? Like I'm as cute as 
<laughs> I'm as cute as heck. I'm as cute as right. You know, she was just saying, yeah. So okay, so it's like AF, mm-hmm. <laughs> cute AF. <laughs> yes, you got it. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I'm glad they censored Miss Piggy on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for them. I mean, if you don't know this story, probably something's wrong with you. Um, it's pretty much in in. Well, I mean, maybe you're from yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, some I guess Eastern it's more of a Western culture, culture thing. So <laughs> yeah, it, it permeates uh, storytelling in Western culture, especially Christmas storytelling. Uh, it's about a man named Scrooge who is a miser. He he hoards all his money and he doesn't want to help the poor. And then he's visited by three spirits who show him his past, uh, his poor, present. Poor spirits. Four spirits. One is his dead uh, partner, yeah. uh, Marley, Jacob, Jacob Marley. Marley. <laughs> um, in that, that's one of the good jokes from the Muppet Christmas Carol. Is one of them? It, it's two people. It's it's Waldorf Whoa. and Statler. Yeah. But their names are Jacob and Robert Marley. So one of them is Bob Marley. <laughs> oh, good joke. <laughs> I like anyway. this movie already. <laughs> so anyway, um, and then he's visited after Marley. He's visited by three spirits who show him his past, his present, his future. And they essentially scare him into being nice. And he, he has a change of heart uh, and he goes and helps the poor. The end. And he, oh, and he tells the kid in the square to bring to buy the, the goose as big as him. Yes, that's true. He does do that. Now, I have to say, um, I think <laughs> that it, it's, it's incredible watching uh, Mickey's uh, Christmas Carol because <laughs> that movie does the impossible, which is making Scrooge like genuinely likable and fun <laughs> even though he is a horrible person like it's crazy <laughs> you i mean scrooge is awesome from beginning to end i just <laughs> he's scrooge he's just scrooging it up because <laughs> you know he's well, scrooge. kind of scrooge's you know thing he is. he's he's a terrible person but he's, <laughs> he's also just a like a total person. badass <laughs> <laughs> I, know. It's so good. I mean he's like, like man. he's like one of those millionaires billionaires from the old days who got it all by adventuring <laughs> and exactly and yeah. exploring Exploiting natives, <laughs> well, yeah. which he does many times in the old show. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, the comics, and you know, he kind of never stopped. Well, my favorite part is uh, the part where Scrooge is such a miser, he, but he's not like evil about it. That's just the way he is. It's, yeah, because it's just... he's he's just he's genuinely befuddled that his fiance is mad mm-hmm. that he's evicting her from her I house. Know. He doesn't understand. <laughs> he's like, oh man, what? Is you so were an hour this. late. <laughs> like it was so funny reading the book and realizing that you're supposed to see this guy as just like a rotten, disgusting human being. But then picturing all of his lines said by Scrooge McDuck and thinking, oh, that's Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> he's so crazy <laughs> you know hoping all these poor people get sent to prison so they can have food <laughs> so scrooge described in this book is like actually like really cool um i'm just gonna read you one passage uh of the description of scrooge because i think it's like insanely cool um it says external heat and cold had little influence on scrooge no warmth could warm no wintry weather could chill him. No wind that blew was bitterer than he. No follow- falling snow was more intent upon its purpose. No pelting rain less open to entreaty. Foul weather didn't know where to have him. The heaviest rain and snow and hail and sleet could boast the advantage over him in only one respect. They often came down handsomely, and Scrooge never did. <laughs> <laughs> is he not like the coolest character Whoa. ever put to pen <laughs> like Whoa. i can totally imagine this dude fighting off skeletrex in his bone brigade <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, are, are we gonna talk about um, i think you should leave <laughs> i think i'm getting the hang of this <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge, you're, you're, cheap bastard. Bastard. you're a genius at this. <laughs> Crap, dang, this sucks. <laughs> Skeletrex just did a bunch more bad stuff. Bad we gotta go stuff. to the future. <laughs> oh man, I just he love. sells them to drink the goo. <laughs> yes, but then it obviously wasn't something you should. No, it'll it give him your bone mama. <laughs> it turns into a bone mama. We are talking, of course, about uh, Netflix's show, I Think You Should Leave. 
um, and they have a Christmas Carol special um, where mm-hmm. the ghost of way future shows up <laughs> from my, when Skeletrex and his bone brigade have taken over the world. My, my favorite aspect of that sketch is just the idea of the sketch because it's framed as like a made-for-TV Christmas special, right? <laughs> yeah, I it's like on VHS. <laughs> when someone making a Christmas special would decide to like make a sci-fi future Terminator, like, I don't know, post-apocalyptic battle kind of thing and then be like this seems like a sequel to a christmas carol (laughs) and then just have scrooge ebenezer scrooge be the guy who fights off this post-apocalyptic future but it's perfect because like in his story scrooge like he becomes the embodiment of the spirit of christmas so (laughs) if if you need someone to save christmas it's got to be scrooge (laughs) it doesn't matter what the problem is you got to bring him you got to go get him (laughs) Oh, I boy, also like how <laughs> they just throw a bunch of random stuff in there, but like the implication that this is some sort of almost video game because when you kill the, the yeah. skeleton, <laughs> you, you gain drink its goo, you gain its sense of humor, like you get a power up. <laughs> well, yeah, I I've always been confused by the fact that apparently, you know, uh, Skeletrex is amassing an army of bonies and stuff, but apparently, what's far worse is that he's building, like, bone cars. <laughs> That's the worst part of what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah, uh, it's a great sketch. It's amazing. Yeah, um, I think it'd be hard for me to watch any A Christmas Carol now and because I'd be expecting the Ghost of Way future to show up. <laughs> I already saw the Ghost of Christmas future. I said Way, way future! future. <laughs> Back to the theory. Now, the weird thing about A Christmas Carol, the book, is that, and I I never knew this, but the book is written from the perspective of someone, like the narrator. He is telling a story, and he's really, really trying to convince the readers that some supernatural stuff happened. (laughs) Like, from the very first pages, he, he obsesses for pages and pages over the fact that Marley was dead (laughs) like that's like the first line of the book is jacob marley was dead when this story started therefore when you see him later in this story that means that supernatural things are happening (laughs) which to me really felt like a like a me thinks the lady doth protest too much kind of situation (laughs) where he's like keep in mind this is evidence that supernatural things happen when really all it proves is that uh someone was trying to pull the wool over scrooge's eyes like Marley showing okay. up after he's already dead doesn't necessarily mean there's a ghost. It just means that someone is uh, playing a prank on him. It means that someone's so, conning so, him. Okay. So in your theory, Marley is dead. Yeah. yeah. But the ghost is a, a living person who is not Marley. Absolutely. And uh, I can okay. prove it. There, there are gobs of proof in this story that uh, it is not what, what it seems. <laughs> Do you, ha- you know who it is, though? This entire plot was orchestrated planned and enacted by Scrooge's nephew, Fred. Okay, I was going to guess Fred, actually. but No, he's, he's the only I mean, one who with, else. <laughs> he's the only one with the means and the connections and the knowledge of Scrooge to pull this off. He has an agenda, and we don't really ever find out what his agenda is. Uh, he claims that it's just like spreading Christmas spirit, but uh, why specifically to Scrooge of all people? Well, he's his nephew. And maybe that's why he is a little bitter that he isn't going to get anything from Scrooge because he knows how much his mom loved Scrooge and took care of him. And now what? We're, we're not included in the will. What the heck? So, you know, oh, he's, a, okay. he's huh. trying to right a great injustice and make sure that Scrooge's wealth gets spread around the family. He is at least lucky then that Scrooge did not have children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because he 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 evicted his fiance like a jerk. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that doesn't even happen in the in the novel. Know, it's only in the Disney version. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the so best good. Part. <laughs> and she's like, she's sitting there proposing to him. She's like, so when are we going to get married? I have this honeymoon cottage that I've bought just for us. And he's like, yeah, and you owe me money on it, so I'm repossessing it. <laughs> he's like, Scrooge, you already own it. Just marry her. 
<laughs> you don't, there's nothing to gain here. <laughs> Just, it raises a lot of questions. So she got a loan from him yes, to buy a honeymoon cottage. Yes, she got a loan from him to buy a honeymoon cottage to propose them to, to live in. Yes. <laughs> she was essentially trying to jumpstart their life, <laughs> buying a house for them to live in. And then he repossesses it. <laughs> Just had it. Oh. <laughs> he, he, it was bought with yeah, his own money. You, you already owned it, dude. You didn't. Have, and he's so confused when she leaves. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scrooge, you greedy old bastard. <laughs> You're a genius at this. <laughs> oh, man. I love oh. Scrooge so much. I mean, specifically Scrooge McDuck, but you know, all Scrooges <laughs> are great in their own right. <laughs> Okay, so we were talking about Nephew Fred. So he comes to visit Scrooge's workplace. He gives a, a long speech about why Christmas is so great. And then uh, Bob Cratchit basically gives him a standing ovation. Um, and of course, Scrooge then like starts threatening to fire Cratchit just for applauding his nephew's Whoa. Merry Christmas speech. This is great. He also I thought he was just to, clapping like, to keep his hands warm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he may say so in the Disney version. <laughs> Scrooge is a pretty awful dude. He also threatens to like beat the crap out of a little kid who's caroling later. <laughs> in, oh, in oh, with his cane? <laughs> yeah, well, with whatever Watch he's out. got. He can, he can kill the Bone Brigade with that I cane. <laughs> I want to take a closer look. What did Fred actually say to Scrooge about Christmas? What was his purpose in coming here at all? He really seemed to want to impress upon Scrooge the importance of not profiting from Christmas and spending it with Fred and spreading joy. <laughs> if that doesn't sound like really, really sinister, then I don't know what does. Okay. <laughs> Not profiting from Christmas, spending it with your family and spreading joy. <laughs> what kind of ultimatum is this? What is he up to? Uh -huh. Scrooge is basically like, why would I celebrate Christmas? It's never profited me anything. And then Fred says, there are many things from which I might have derived good by which I have not profited, I dare say. Christmas among the rest. And therefore, uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold in my pocket, and this is the important part, I believe that Christmas has done me good and will do me good. And I say, God bless it. So he's saying Whoa. Christmas hasn't profited me yet, but it's about to. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Uh, huh. He's up so, to something. Let me tell so you. So it's not just that like he's thinking he's putting good out into the world with Christmas cheer and it's going to come back to him in a karmic way. Mm -mm, he's going to get money. <laughs> he's he's going to profit. <laughs> okay. He's going to get heaps and heaps of shillings and crowns, whatever they used back then. He, he pretty much impresses on Scrooge the fact that, you know, you might not gain from Christmas and maybe you shouldn't gain from Christmas, but I should. <laughs> and then he leaves. Um, <laughs> and then uh, what does Bob Cratchit do the instant he lets Fred out? Uh... This is interesting. The next line is this lunatic describing Bob Cratchit. This lunatic in letting Scrooge's nephew out had let two other people in. <laughs> <laughs> these guys weren't supposed to come in is bob cratchit specifically lets them in because he's in on it with uh with fred oh, mm -hmm. oh no <laughs> so he lets in two quote-unquote charity workers who are apparently just waiting there <laughs> at the front step just to be let in uh and guilt trip scrooge into giving them money they're like hey we're you know gathering money for the poor and the needy and he's like what why, why would you why would the poor need money? Are there no more prisons? Has something happened? Why can't you just put them all in the prisons? Oh, wow. like, uh... <laughs> Being forced on a crime is <laughs> really good. You gotta, you gotta love the evilness of Scrooge. He's just so great. <laughs> so so okay. So as of this point, the plot was for Fred to come over to very very subtly imply that he's going to get rich. No, no, I mean that he at just the same help time he's working with Bob Cratchit to let these charity workers in. Now you might say this is convoluted, and it is, <laughs> except for the fact it doesn't seem that, like Fred needs to be there. No, this isn't. This is the actual plot, though. Like this is the plot of the book: is that all of these events culminate along with the you know the visits of the spirits overnight to change his life and make him do things that he otherwise wouldn't have done. He gets incepted by this, right? Like they okay, plant an okay. idea in his head. 
Oh, it's a it's a heist movie. <laughs> They're setting up a situation in which he is going to feel guilty later, right? So okay. they need him to feel guilty for chewing out Fred. They need, need him to feel guilty for turning him down, not coming over for dinner like he was supposed to. And they need him to feel guilty for not, you know, helping the poor when he had every opportunity. To so they're that. starting small. It's like, oh, well, he, of course he would be swayed by his his nephew. No, that didn't work. But everyone loves charity workers. Let's try that next. And then, then they no, no, no. escalate so they knew, very quickly they knew to this ghosts. Wouldn't work. They knew this wouldn't work. The other <laughs> okay. half of what they're doing here, just to be completely clear, is... They're setting up people to benefit from him once he does change. They want him to have people right here at the ready to aim his affections oh, and so the charity at. workers aren't aren't just some random people they use. The charity no. workers are in on it. Yes, they're in on the con. Oh. I'm sorry, I wasn't oh, clear about this. That's why Bob Cratchit <laughs> lets them like that's why it's so weird that they were just waiting there. They didn't even knock. They didn't even ring the bell. They were just <laughs> ah, okay, there. Okay. And Bob Cratchit it. specifically lets them in. They wouldn't have come in if it wasn't for them carrying out this plot. These guys are scammers. They just want his money. Yeah, yeah that's true. He gives them everything. He's just like throwing money at them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not a penny more. Dude, he gives them, he's like, 25 gold sovereigns. And they're like, oh, no. And he's like, well, not enough. 50 gold sovereigns. 100 gold sovereigns. <laughs> On the way home, after this horrible day where he forces Bob Cratchit to sit there warming himself with a single piece of coal, I always wondered, though, doesn't Scrooge get cold? Is he just immune? No, no, His heart he, is so he is cold? immune. I told you. I read you the story. External heat and cold had little influence on Scrooge. No warmth could warm. <laughs> oh, right, no wintry right. weather chill him. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no yes, wind that yes. blew was bitter than he. <laughs> He's, he literally can't get cold. This is one of his powers that is <laughs> okay. established in the book. He can't I guess get I cold didn't and he realize can't get it warm. was supernatural. But okay. oh, no, no, he's, he's not supernatural, but he does have powers. Uh, <laughs> 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 they're just his natural powers. So Scrooge sees Marley's face in the door knocker momentarily when entering his home. The narrator goes to great lengths to point out that Scrooge hadn't thought of Marley for seven years since he died. He's trying to tell you that Scrooge couldn't have imagined this because he wasn't even thinking about Marley. Like, it's really weird. Every time something happens, the narrator goes, really, really digs into the fact that this couldn't have been imagined. It has to be supernatural, right? It's like he's trying to convince us that this wasn't some big con. <laughs> so the narrator's in on it, he but is, specifically he is. in on it to convince the meta, yeah, yeah, the, the fourth the wall. That this wasn't a con. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's because the narrator is uh, Charles Dickens, and he doesn't want the you know his work sullied. He doesn't want people to know that he was actually writing about a con. The narrator insists that he hadn't thought of Marley for seven years, but we know that this is not true because the charity workers specifically called him Marley. When they came in, they said, aha, Jacob Marley. And he had to correct them. And then they oh. compared him to Marley after that. They planted oh. this idea in his oh, head. Man. They wanted him to be thinking about Marley. <laughs> they specifically were like, ah, yes, so you're not Marley, but I hope you're just as caring and loving as he is and willing to give to charity, aren't you? <laughs> right? Like they specifically wanted him to be thinking about Marley. And he was. This happens in most of the movie versions. <laughs> they transform the door knocker into Marley's face. Yeah. Right? How yes. do they do that? Oh, this is a good question. So in the book, the door knocker didn't transform. It was just a circular door knocker. And in that circle, he saw Marley's face just sitting there, oh, right? Like, okay. you know, framed by the circle of the door knocker, right? And then he looked again, and it was gone. Oh. That would have been totally easy enough to do. They could have used like a, a statue or like a carved potato. I don't know. Like it's really easy to carve someone's well, face they, if you have. How do they make it leave? It no, I think <laughs> a piece I, of string, I, I, dude. They pulled it as soon as he looked away. They yanked it out. <laughs> wow. I mean, come on, it's dark. Well, uh, he can't here, see. A better explanation might be that it was a reflective door knocker, and the guy they got to pretend to be Jacob oh, Marley he was had jumped the gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he realized, oh crap, he can see me, and then ducked out of the way. <laughs> I got you. But either way, they wanted him to be thinking about Marley, um, and he definitely was. And that was a big part of them having those two quote-unquote charity workers drop by along with Fred, is they needed him to be thinking about Marley for this whole thing to work. You might think, how could he mistake someone else for his good friend? The book goes on and on 
and on and on <laughs> about how foggy and dark it is right now. Like it's, oh, it keeps I like see. every single paragraph. It's like it's like, yes, and it was a foggy day. And then Scrooge left the house and it was foggier still. And then the next oh. paragraph, it's like, and now the fog had grown to such lengths that Scrooge could not even see his hands in front of his face. And then it's like, and now the fog was a solid wall that Scrooge bumped his nose into. Wow. It didn't actually happen. <laughs> But no, it just keeps talking about how thick this fog was and how dark it was. It's a really dark day. On the way up to his house, it even says that Scrooge, who knew every stone in the walkway, who had memorized them, had to feel his way forward just to find his house door. <laughs> so it's really dark. It's like What is he feeling with? That his hands on the ground. <laughs> like he's it's like crawling cold. forward. Oh wait, he's, he's like, not affected by cold. <laughs> that's, yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> he's cold. Come on, this is Ebenezer Scrooge. Man doesn't feel cold. I see. So as he enters, the author then des- describes how large his hall and stairway is. Uh, it says that you could easily fit a locomotive hearse broadways through the house and up the stairs. <laughs> So it's saying you could fit a car <laughs> through his doors and up his staircase, like sideways. That's a big not staircase. Even straight. Yeah, it's enormous. <laughs> Why would and, you ever need one that big? And, like, unless you're planning on dragging a sideways hearse up to the second floor. Scrooge saw a locomotive hearse trundling through his house for a second. What? <laughs> because they put one there. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, I don't know, but you could easily fit one here. So they did. <laughs> they, they wanted to scare him. Jeez. <laughs> oh, mm. I didn't even know they had, like, locomotive hearses back then. Uh, yeah, All the I movie they versions, did. they have, like, horse and carriages. <laughs> they, 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 like, rented one just for the occasion. Um, <laughs> but why? <laughs> it's, it's real scary. It's like, oh, there's a hearse in my house. Ah. <laughs> it's, like, really scary, then they, right? Then they quickly dragged it up the stairs. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> sideways, though. <laughs> just... Because they could, right? Like, this is more like <laughs> they wanted to prove it. They were, we're like, mess with Scrooge's house houses. We're going to break into his house. There's something I always wanted to try with his massively wide staircase. <laughs> I mean, Fred is nothing if not ambitious. He will go to great lengths to get what he wants. And what he wanted was a car going up that just, stairway sideways. And he got it. <laughs> it's just something I have to try with this gratuitously large staircase. <laughs> <laughs> like isn't this book so much better already like it's a great book let me tell you i love this book uh scrooge pretty freaked out goes up to his uh, room to rest he you know sits down by the fire he leans back and accidentally brushes his head against one of the i don't know what they're called the communication bells <laughs> like you know how old houses used to have bells you could ring that like, would then uh, ring other right, bells yeah, cinderella. somewhere else yeah cinderella's yeah, yeah. bells Dude, cinderella's. what's she dressed in <laughs> what, what is she dressed in? Uh, oh, it's uh, dressed in yellow. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did she do? <laughs> she went to the ball to kiss the fella. <laughs> well, well, I hope that went well for her. <laughs> no, what? She, oh, what? She made a mistake. Oh, no. What did she do? <laughs> she kissed a snake. <laughs> ah, how many doctors did it take? <laughs> One, two, three. I don't really remember. I, I love the idea, by the way, that... Anything can be remedied and treated with the correct amount of doctors. doctors. <laughs> like you just pump more doctors into the room and the the, 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 the malady just starts to go away by itself. We have She's enough dying. doctors. Get more doctors. Get more doctors in here. Man, I can't believe we didn't quote that rhyme during our Cinderella episode. Yeah. <laughs> and that we did during the Christmas there. story episode. <laughs> So he brushes against one of his communication bells, and then all the bells start to ring. Ooh, that's that proves that there were ghosts, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I mean, no. That, you can so easily make all the bells going throughout the strings. house. Yeah. You just attach you just all the strings them. together, and then they all start ringing, right? <laughs> or yeah. just have someone standing at every single other bell and start ringing them. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> so how many easy. people did Fred get in on this? A lot. <laughs> well, enough <laughs> he, to drag the hearse up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been no problem with the amount of people he has working this con. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and all the people helping are just like, but Fred, why do we have to drag why? it up sideways? It's so much harder. He's like, just want to see if you you're can gonna do it. You're going to love it. Just do it. <laughs> I've always wanted to see this. <laughs> oh, Fred, he's just so congenial, though. That smile and laugh of his, they go in great, great detail yeah. about how nobody could refuse him. With his well, wonderful smile and laugh. That's why everyone's um, in on it. <laughs> well, and that's why he's the perfect con man, right? Like, they, yeah. they just go on and on later in this book about how unbelievably charming he is when he smiles and laughs. All the bells go off. Scrooge is freaked out. He hears a clatter downstairs. Is it Santa Claus? No, it's much <laughs> worse. It is the ghost of his friend Marley, who's about to pass through the locked door and confront him. How could they possibly manage that? How could they pass a ghost through the door? Yeah, that's a good question. They didn't do that. They had someone hide upstairs in his room and just emerge from the gloom. You might oh. ask, why is Scrooge's room so dark and gloomy? Well, specifically, they just, uh, Charles Dickens describes that Scrooge only uses one candle. Well, yeah. <laughs> one he single spend candle. Money. Yeah. Exactly. He's so candles cheap, are and they expensive, know that. I guess. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, they're not expensive, but you don't get to be as rich as Scrooge if you, you know, don't pinch every penny, apparently. <laughs> I um, guess. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Um, so he uses a single candle to light his entire house. <laughs> so it's a dark house. He does have a fireplace. He keeps it extremely low, like ridiculously low. Yeah. So wow. all they had to do was have a guy hide by the door and stand up. And Scrooge is like, ah, a ghost walked through my door. I mean, I guess that. it would depend on the size of the room. Did they describe how many hearses would fit in his bedroom? <laughs> no, but if the hall is any indication, I'm assuming like at least like 12. I don't know. <laughs> um, Scrooge does say that this uh, this specter approaching him is transparent. He makes a joke about it. He's like, huh, I, I can't see any bowels in there. Ha ha. I always knew that Jacob Marley didn't have any bowels. The joke being that in old times, your bowels were a symbol of your mercy. Uh, so he's oh, like, ah, okay. So clever. Oh, he doesn't have any that. bowels. I knew he didn't have any. I thought he was scared. Why is he making jokes about his bowels? So maybe Scrooge isn't as scared as they want him to be. And that is, uh, is it becomes apparent in just a minute. The fact that he has no visible bowels must mean he's not really transparent. Otherwise, you could see them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, guess. I mean, if he's transparent, I guess his bowels would be too. But anyway, um, maybe. So how how could he be transparent? Maybe Scrooge just is seeing things, right? Maybe he's it's a dark room. He, he can't see correctly. Like I said, he's not as uh, scared out of his wits as they want him to be. And he starts to notice things that kind of put this entire situation into question. He notices that Marley has like a strange texture around his face. Oh, uh, he no. says it's some kind of like a kerchief. Um, it says he marked the very texture of the folded kerchief bound about its head and chin, which wrapper he had not observed before. He was still incredulous and fought against his senses. And this is why I really like Scrooge, because he's he's like a very logical man. He's very cold. <laughs> The historical reason for this is that um, they would bind up a, uh, a dead body's um, head with a handkerchief um, to hold his mouth shut just so that it wouldn't like fall open during viewings of the casket. Oh. Um, so hmm. there you go. They didn't have glue. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> or like a needle <laughs> like and nails, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, either way, uh, Scrooge thinks that this is noteworthy and it makes him question what he's seeing. And he specifically says, I didn't observe this handkerchief before. And he definitely went to Marley's funeral. So he thinks something's wrong here. What he is seeing oh. is clearly the folds of the mask, which you know <laughs> they've tried to apply to the face of this actor. To make him look like Jacob Marley. The narrator insists that this is the ghost of Jacob Marley. But what does Scrooge think about this? Does he say, ah, it's Jacob Marley? He probably says, bah humbug. <laughs> no, well, yeah, probably that too. But he does not say at any point that this is Jacob Marley. He says, who are you? <laughs> ah. He specifically asks, who are you? What are you doing here? Like he has no idea who this ghost is supposed to be. And they're trying to convince him that it's Marley. Scrooge is clever. 
The first thing he does is try to verify that this is a real ghost. He says, ah. can you sit down? Do it then. <laughs> like he's he's putting this ghost to task. He wants it to prove that it's a ghost. I don't see how that would prove it's a ghost. I mean, if ghosts can exist at all, they can probably sit, right? <laughs> he thinks it's some kind of special effect that they have set up for him. Okay. And maybe this okay. will ruin the effect. Then he specifically, he says that he doesn't believe that this is Marley. He says, you're not Marley. And then to prove that he's Marley, Jacob undoes the handkerchief and lets his jaw fall to his chest. I don't see how that proves that it's him. I guess it proves that he's dead, but like that would be pretty easy to do with a mask. Like just yeah, have one you piece just have like a jaw down. on a rubber string of some kind. Now, as they talk, Jacob Marley, in quotes, is trying to convince Scrooge that, well, I'm bound with, you know, the chains of my own making and I was so greedy and I need to make sure this doesn't happen to you. You can't let your greed imprison you how mine imprisoned me. So he's doing some very clear uh, social engineering tricks here, which are he is instilling in Scrooge a sense of panic and a sense of urgency. He's saying, right, act now. Ah, this crazy, horrible <laughs> thing's going to happen to you. Act now or you won't be able to act later. I've got these chains that are horrible. Yours are even longer and heavier than mine. Like, you're <laughs> even more doomed than I am. But I can save you, but only if you act now. Okay, yeah. Scrooge and Marley walk over to the window, and Marley won't let Scrooge get close to him. Marley won't let him get within two paces of him. He stops him. He says, don't come any closer. It's because they've got a bunch of setups in this window because Marley's about to fly out the window along with a bunch of other floating spirits that oh, are clearly no. using zip lines. <laughs> they don't want Scrooge Just to like see them. Just like the Brothers Grimm. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly <laughs> like the Brothers Grimm. Marley has told Scrooge that he's going to be visited for the next three nights at 1 a.m. every night, which is odd because it's the night before Christmas. You might know from viewings of this movie <laughs> right. that usually he's going to wake up night. on Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> so that's pretty weird, right? Uh, I'm going to get back to that near the end. Scrooge goes to bed at 2 a.m. and wakes up at 12. And he's like really confused by this. He's like, what happened? Did I, did oh, I sleep for like 20 hours? They, or? No way could they fake that. <laughs> I know. That's, he's like, did I sleep for 22 hours or is it 12 noon? And he like looks out the door and he's like, no, it's still nighttime. But has the night somehow fought off the day? <laughs> and there will never be day oh, ever wow. again. And I love his first thought here. Really good. Again, this is actually great writing from Charles Dickens. He's like, no, no, if there would never be a day then all of the bills that i've filled out that say paid in three days time oh, no. would never be filled because days <laughs> no. don't exist <laughs> he's like all that money <laughs> oh man it's his worst uh, nightmare <laughs> he comes to the conclusion that it's actually nighttime because people aren't out and about so he's like i must have slept for 22 hours something's horribly wrong yeah or someone like set your clocks back dummy <laughs> he does hear the church tower bell ring 12 times <laughs> now uh, i just gotta say back uh, in these times bells didn't ring by themselves they had bell ringers they uh -huh, could have paid off true. the guy to ring the bell 12 <laughs> yeah, times <I> mean, <laughs> it's not that as a man of means <laughs> well also they took control of all the bells in his house yeah and, yeah they did i mean they're <laughs> like masters of bells <laughs> <laughs> they, they just got another bell in their repertoire even if Fred doesn't have the means, the bell ringer is probably like some 12-year-old urchin, right? Like just some dude getting paid like No, I'm you know, pretty pennies. sure it's usually like a deaf a hunchback. hunchback. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> it's not a man who is like very well off. Fred could have just gone and clobbered the dude, knocked him out, and oh, rang geez, the bell himself. Fred. <laughs> yeah, Fred. Just like his uncle. Well, let, let's threaten okay, to beat people up in the streets. Let's bring this around Fred's strengths. We know that Fred is just like insanely lovable. Everyone who meets him loves him, and he can charm anybody with a smile and a laugh. He could have just Except said, Scrooge. Because hey. yeah, Scrooge, well, Scrooge is the only one who truly knows him. <laughs> so no, he could have just showed up and been like, oh, hello there, Mr. Bellringer. I'm playing a devious joke on my friend. Could you ring your bell 12 times instead of one? Right? I'm sure the guy would do it. Everyone loves Fred. He'd be like, ha ha ha, that sounds like a hilarious jest. Scrooge, the ghost of Christmas past, who takes Scrooge flying out the window, 
clearly using that same zip line. <laughs> I mean, wow. come on, that's why they set them up. <laughs> that's why you couldn't just, go to the window earlier. <laughs> just in case you wonder, zip lines were invented by the 1800s. I think the first use of one recreationally was in the early 1800s, and they were clearly used before then. They had ropes and pulleys. I mean, we know the, Grimm, Grimm, the Brothers Grimm were yeah, using them. If the Brothers Grimm could do it like this. 200 years before. <laughs> now, <laughs> I didn't say this, but... The first recreational use of a zip line, uh, the dude died. <laughs> so oh, maybe no. they weren't that safe back then. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past first leads him to a scene of his younger self, like his very young self at school. He's there at Christmas all alone, like a little Harry Potter, because he doesn't have a home to go to. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, Christmas, Harry Potter never went home for Christmas. Um, so as he's there... Um, he sees his younger self and then he looks and sees Ali Baba and Hassan and the Sultan's groom from a thousand and one Arabian nights. Oh, he sees Valentine and Orson who are the main characters in the French, French romance, the history of two Valentine okay, okay. brethren. <laughs> yeah. So these would have all been popular stories at the time. Yes. He so it is really Robinson starting Crusoe, to sound like Parrot, Fred just hired a troop of actors who maybe didn't exactly. know what to do. <laughs> and yep. they're just improving, doing some of their bits. <laughs> yep. So all Using the costumes say, they have. <laughs> it's really weird for him to see a bunch of actual people from fictional stories just wandering around the set. Right? Like, what's going on here? I feel like maybe they were using an actual set in a theater and they forgot to clear everyone out. <laughs> and, like, some people are just milling <laughs> around change. in costumes. Go, go. <laughs> Get out of here. I mean, you said you were going to have it cleaned up by now. That, that's the only explanation I can come up with. Like, like, we got confused. It was supposed characters. to only be 3 a.m. and then the clock struck 12. Yeah. <laughs> the bell tower. We thought we had hours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, either, either these actors got confused or weren't keeping the schedule or like maybe this is some drug addled trip. <laughs> maybe they <laughs> drugged him up a bit. I don't know. <laughs> either way, he's seeing weird stuff. Then they switch scenes. He sees himself a little older. He's being invited home by his little sister, Fan. You might say, even though she's a little fan, she's his biggest fan. Wow. <laughs> she invites him home because father is so much kinder than he used to be, which I thought was sad. Apparently, their father's just been beating the crap out of them, and poor Fan was stuck at home while Scrooge at least got to leave. But she's like, you can come home. Dad doesn't beat me anymore. And he's oh. like, yay. <laughs> Good thing he had Fan there to test the waters for him. I guess. <laughs> of course, they picked this scene to reenact because Fan is Fred's dead mom. So he wants to remind Scrooge of his family and of his dearly, dearly beloved dead sister. You wouldn't leave her family high and dry, would you? <laughs> right? He's trying to put that idea in his head. So she didn't die as a kid. She no, died. No, she grew up and then <laughs> much died later. Like a, okay. Probably like a. 20 or 30 year old. For some reason, right? I was imagining her, her father killing her. I don't know why. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I mean, she just died someday. Fred may have heard stories from his mother, Fan, that. Oh, I remember Scrooge... when my dad stopped beating us and I came and got Scrooge from his boarding <laughs> right. school. Right. And Scrooge used to cry at the school all alone. But it does seem like the ghost shows him some notable moments from his past later that perhaps Fred wouldn't know about. Aha, aha. Okay, let's keep going then. The ghost then takes him to Fezziwig's party. Yeah, Fezziwig, of course. Yeah, <laughs> being his his boss. Everyone loves Fezziwig. This scene's interesting because they get there and Fezziwig and Scrooge and another guy named Dick are all working. <laughs> and, yo, funny name, right? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> good to hear. No, I'm yeah, just, good, just good thinking. Sense of humor. No, I, I was thinking that that must be Dickens, you know, that he put himself into the story. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> so they're all working. And then within two minutes, like, or just, just like instantaneously, Fezziwig's like, all right, boys, we're done for the day, set up for the party. And then immediately, like, 30 guests <laughs> pour into their office and uh, the party so that is was, like going. That was the cue. Yes, the all the actors in came in. <laughs> play the exactly. music. <laughs> so they have a great party. Everyone's having fun. Scrooge is like, oh, this rich man who made people so happy. How come I'm so rich and people don't love me like we all love Fezziwig? And the ghost talks to him a lot about that. He's like, you see how easy? Trying to convince yeah. Scrooge that you could use your money to make people happy, essentially. 
Right, yeah. After the party, Fezziwig sends Scrooge and Dick to bed under the counter in the shop. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, they just sleep under the counter and then wake up and work more. And I'm like, Fezziwig's oh, a horrible geez. person. <laughs> Why'd you like <laughs> this guy? The slave driver. <laughs> Apparently, it was a common practice for apprentices of that time to sleep in small beds made under the counters and then just work again when they wake up. <laughs> That's all they would do. Jeez. I'm oh. like, geez, this was like that a Christmas sucks. party. Fezziwig <laughs> wasn't even like giving them the day off and he didn't even let them go home. <laughs> he's just like, come to the party. Now Wait, go back to your Scrooge. counter. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why did they portray him as like a nice guy? He's awful. <laughs> Scrooge didn't make Cratchit sleep under the counter. <laughs> no, you let him go home. <laughs> So you asked who might have been present, who's still alive, who would have, you know, been here to see this party and could regale them of what happened. Dick. Exactly. <laughs> he takes no actions in the book. So why is Dick here? It's literally just to establish that there was another person here who is not dead, who is close to Scrooge, who would have known everything about this party. So, you know, with a little investigative work, Fred tracked down Dick and was like, hey, do you remember any, you know, experiences we could use for this? And Dick's like, oh, yeah remember this party with Fezziwig and he's like tell me everything <laughs> yeah okay okay I don't think he included Dick in the con I think he just went and talked to Dick right and he got a very descriptive you know recounting of this party and he's like all right we can do that I mean, and then, at least like 50% of the money he's getting from Scrooge is gonna have to go to these actors so <laughs> <laughs> you don't underestimate how little they paid people back then apparently <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's true Mickey got a raise in A Christmas Carol and his raise, he makes like a shilling a week and he's like, no, no, I got a raise. And he's like, all right. <laughs> when you started to do my laundry, <laughs> he's like, that's right. Now I make a that's shilling not... and a hay penny. <laughs> he that's got not a... a raise. You're just doing <laughs> No, <more> exactly. <laughs> he got more work and all he's paid for it is a hay penny. He gets a half penny <laughs> for doing Scrooge. <laughs> and that's all they have to eat for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, when they go there, <laughs> they have no food and the entire kitchen where they would cook the food is taken up with a big pot doing Scrooge's laundry. <laughs> How much laundry does he have? He's just one old man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, Cheap bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this seems like it might be a good time to bring up a couple things that are on my mind. Uh-oh. If you know the song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I do now. <laughs> you sang it so well. There's always that one confusing line where he says, there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of, you know, so I looked into that and it turns yeah. out that it used to be a common practice to tell scary ghost stories around Christmas time, which to us seems weird because that's more of a Halloween thing, not a Christmas thing. Well, they didn't do Halloween back then. <laughs> yeah, but... Charles Dickens was sort of writing within this tradition that already existed when he created A Christmas Carol. And nowadays, it's the only Christmas scary ghost story that the mainstream would really know about. That's a cool tradition. I wish that, that still existed. I yes, kind of. It make, makes uh, Christmas, I think, more interesting than just like cheesy, happy, fun, fun Santa. <laughs> just because we're talking about the ghost of Christmas past portion. In the Muppet Christmas Carol, my favorite part of it, and most people's least favorite part, and some people would say scariest part, is not the ghost of Christmas future, but the ghost of Christmas past. Because she is a ridiculously creepy puppet doll ghost. She's got like this pale white face and like these little strands of blonde hair. And she's constantly surrounded by just moving, flowing white fabric all around her. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, she's, she's floating. Really cool and they filmed her separately like from Scrooge. Face going on. <laughs> yeah, on a green screen. So anytime it shows her next to Scrooge, she looks even scarier because like she just looks like she shouldn't be next to him because she wasn't. And their green screen yeah. wasn't like that great. <laughs> um, that's my favorite version of the ghost of Christmas past. And I would also say the ghost of Christmas present is scarier than the ghost of, of future because uh, that weird scene that creeps me out where he opens up his like pants and has two little like starving orphans. So did they do that one in the Muppet Christmas Carol? A lot of the movies just leave that out. Yeah, they do. But I know that I've seen it in some of the older versions and it's, it's kind of creepy and weird. <laughs> A couple of other interesting notes as long as we're going into some trivia. 
a lot of people probably won't know. I didn't know until I saw the Jim Carrey version. But the Ghost of Christmas Past is actually portrayed in the original book as a candle. Oh. And in the book, they never say he's a candle, but they describe him as a candle, right? Like they say that he's very tall and thin and that his head, like the top of his head is really bright and he has a hat that can cover it. And he's like, and I, Scrooge is like, and I had the feeling if I put that hat down, it would turn out the light forever. <laughs> like it's, it's like one of those little metal so it's things like that you can extinguish. Scrooge a was with. just like staring at his only candle and, and that was the dream <laughs> <much>. he had. <laughs> yeah, he's all drugged up by Fred. <laughs> no, it's, it's a little interesting, a little weird. So maybe for that ghost, Fred just used like a candle and they like kind of yeah, hypnotized him in with front it. Of him. I kind of think so. <laughs> the light from this thing's head, it has like a hypnotic effect on Scrooge. Oh, um, like he keeps getting distracted dang. by it and getting Fred really like lost did hypnotize him. <laughs> and then eventually he pulls himself out of the delusion he's seeing by pulling down the hat and extinguishing the flame. And then he immediately wakes up in bed. There's good evidence that every single one of these ghosts is something that he saw in his house before he went to sleep. Um, so Marley was the door knocker. He saw that and he remembered Marley. Yeah. Right before he went to bed, he looked at the candle, and the candle showed up as a ghost. The other thing he looked at before he went to bed is he has a pot of gruel <laughs> cooking uh, by, on the hob by the fire. When he wakes up again, it's not just a little pot of gruel. It's a gigantic feast and a giant, right? Like that, uh -huh. that became the gigantic feast of Christmas present. And then the last one is the ghost of Christmas future, the very last thing when he's screaming and crying and, oh, I'll change, I'll change. Then he snaps out of it and wakes up. And before his eyes, the ghost of Christmas future becomes his bedpost. Right, so uh, it was just his bedpost that he was staring at as he fell asleep. And he's like, ah, <laughs> it's evil. It's the Grim Reaper. <laughs> well, then there's, there's definitely good evidence to support that it was all a dream. <laughs> well, but I don't need to prove that. That's just kind of the story. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> The next uh, thing that the Ghost of Christmas Past shows him is his fiancée, Belle. He sees his middle-aged self and Belle, and she is breaking up with him. And I think that Belle in this scene is played by the actual Belle's daughter. Because Belle does have a daughter who would be just the right age to play her. The next scene is one that has nothing to do with Scrooge. They jump, like, way into the future. It's, like, current. And they show Belle, like current Belle and her current husband and their kids just being the world's most cheesy, happy family ever. <laughs> <laughs> like just, oh, life is so good. Oh, I love my children so much. Oh, okay. that old disgusting, stupid Scrooge. What, what, what fun he's missing out on. So, and they, they make fun of Scrooge for no reason. They just start talking about him. And the husband's like, you'll never guess who I saw today. And she's like, oh, it must have been that stupid Scrooge. And he's like, yes. <laughs> oh, I pity the fool. And she's like, oh, what he could have had if he married me. <laughs> It's we really weird. Laughing about you instead, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Belle is playing herself here, and I think that this is just her little revenge on Scrooge, and they're trying to show him like, hey, what have you done with your life? You could have used your money for the people you love. Well, it could be that 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 Fred found a past scene by interviewing Belle and her daughter, mm -hmm. and then after that, he was just out of stuff. He was like, "Well, we yeah. gotta go to the present." I know it's kind I of mixing my ghosts, but. <laughs> Then uh, he gets, like, extremely tired and drugged and, like, wakes up again at one. Okay, so they were definitely drugging and or hypnotizing him. Then he leaves his bed and finds the ghost of Christmas present. Now, I'm, like, 99% certain they just hired the biggest gigantic dude they could find and paid him in food. <laughs> just wow. like, they're like, hey, come, come work for us. And you get like a whole room full of food. <laughs> He's like, yes, I love food. <laughs> Can I also have a few orphans? <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't know what's going on with the orphans. The ghost of Christmas present hides two orphans under his cloak. They are the boy is ignorance and the girl is want. And he says that the boy, Ignorance, is the most dangerous one. You have to look out for him because he's got the word doom on his forehead oh. and it's becoming more and more clear every <laughs> <Dang>. year. <laughs> Which, again, kind of helps to show that they're trying to get Scrooge to change his ways. Like, 
But I mean, that's the normal interpretation of this story, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, all of, of this. And well, and that's why this works so well is because someone's clearly conning him. Like, like I said, you might think this is all really convoluted and crazy, but it works, right? Like this does get Scrooge to completely change his ways. So clearly, whether it's orchestrated by ghosts or a human, it's the right way to go about it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And the honestly, the dream interpretation is the least likely because we know that subconsciously yeah. Scrooge didn't care. Like there was no, no indication that any of the things that happened had jerk. gotten to him. <laughs> yeah, it was like a clown college situation. <laughs> Those charity workers <laughs> didn't, didn't affect me at all. all. <laughs> then he starts seeing Marley's face and doorknobs and hearses in his house. <laughs> The first thing he has Scrooge do is he's like, okay, Scrooge, you're ready to go with me? Just touch my robe. And Scrooge touches his robe and then everything vanishes. It's a drug robe. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. no. No, 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 no. I think that he just needed Scrooge to get close to him and then like put a bag over Scrooge's head. <laughs> and Scrooge is like, ah, where did everything go? <laughs> he takes Scrooge to Bob Cratchit's house. Scrooge gets to see Tiny Tim. He gets to see how horrible Bob Cratchit's life is. They're all putting on a very exaggerated performance of like yeah. their teeny tiny itty bitty Christmas Look at your juice laundry. that they all love so much. So big. <laughs> it's all very exaggerated. Like no one would ever spend Christmas in this cheesy of a manner unless it's, you know, for somebody to see. Make Tiny Tim the cutest and tell him that he's going to die. Yes, exactly. You're killing Tiny Tim. <laughs> the Ghost of Christmas Present quotes the exact words that Scrooge said to the charity workers earlier. Um, oh. He says, uh, about Tiny Tim, he says, if he be like to die, then he better do it and decrease the population, which is what Scrooge said about <laughs> wow. the beggars. Um, oh, man. So how could he have known that? Well, either he's an omniscient ghost or he's one of the charity workers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's why he's so big. He's both of the charity workers stacked up Whoa, wearing the coat. <laughs> they're stacked on each other for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> the orphan was the other guy he was standing on when he opens up the, the clothes. It was an accident. They weren't. Yeah, supposed that's to why open he's, like, oh, he's like, oh, uh, uh, it's ignorance uh, and it's uh, ignorance want? and it's ignorance and, and look, also I've got a, I've got another head. one in there too. That's not weird at all. I, I keep lots of people under my my cloak. Wow. <laughs> so. Out of nowhere, like they're just enjoying their Christmas meal. And then Bob Cratchit is like, hey, hey, I want to make a toast to Scrooge, the founder of the feast, <laughs> just so that they can so again tug, tug at Scrooge's heartstrings. They're doing two things here. And Fred does the same thing. Bob's loyalty is unquestionable. And so is Fred's. They will never give up on Scrooge. But everyone else thinks he's horrible. So if he just changes, then, you know, he, he could give Bob and Fred some uh, some money. <laughs> the ghost then takes him to like, you know, like across the country, like to a lighthouse and then on a boat uh, across the ocean. It's like a bit of a drugged up haze. And then suddenly he's just at Fred's house. <laughs> wow. All they talk about at Fred's house for this whole party is how Scrooge is saying that Christmas is a humbug. And they're like, oh, that's Scrooge. Fred's like, no, no. And again, yeah, specifically, they don't hate on Scrooge or how rich he is. They pity him, right? Like, and they say, oh, it's like Fred's message to everybody else is that it's really sad how Scrooge has all this money and he'll never do anything with it or get anything out of it. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a weird message unless Scrooge is there listening, right? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if only Scrooge would use his money Just for like, give the good it of the to people his he knows. Poor nephew. It was always yeah. nice to him. He specifically tells everyone here, he says that he will keep visiting Scrooge every Christmas in the hope that it gets him to do something good with his money someday. <laughs> oh. This is a quote from the book. Even if it only puts him in the vein to leave his poor cleric 50 pounds, then that's something. Oh, man. Uh, oh, him gee. and Bob Fred. really, really oh. tugging at Scrooge's purse strings. <laughs> but Fred is also implying that's all that Bob is getting for his part in this. In they got to con. start slow. You know, they got to ramp up. He's just he's putting the idea in Scrooge's head that life would be better if you just give Bob and old Fred some money. <laughs> that's, that's the whole message of Bob's party. And Bob's party is even about Scrooge. It's so weird, dude. He's like, man, life would be better for Scrooge if he'd just give us some money. <laughs> I think their production has taken longer than they planned. The night is dragging on and they know that the day is coming soon. 
and they've uh, had to pay off to... the bell ringer lots of times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they paid off a lot of people. They they have to speed things up. The instant the ghost of Christmas present leaves, the ghost of Christmas future arrives. Like he's just there. <laughs> he just shows yeah. up. Yeah, nothing special. Ghost of Christmas future takes him on a quick, clearly set up walk through the town where everybody in town is discussing the death of Scrooge and what will be done with his money. <laughs> oh. In most of the movie versions, it's always like nighttime and scary when the Ghost of Christmas Future takes him. Uh, is it nighttime while these people are out on the streets chatting? Yeah, presumably. I mean, it seems to be in the book. Why would they all be out on the street chatting at nighttime? For the for the con. <laughs> they're, they're actors. They're just, it does also doesn't make sense because we're supposed to believe that Scrooge was so unloved and nobody cared about him and nobody came to his funeral. And yet the entire town is like just chatting about him. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Mm, <laughs> like, right. It's stupid. They meet some robbers that are tallying up the stuff they took after his death. None of these robbers took anything worth anything. They took like his curtains and like his blanket. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what they think just they're going to The things here. that he had. Near right. Him. Just the things in his room <laughs> right then. <laughs> he probably just, in the dream version, he probably just like lost his blanket. And he's like, robbers took my blanket. No, no, robbers <laughs> took it. So the ghost of Christmas future takes him to his own room and they see a body on his bed. But they never see its face. They never remove the sheet from its face. And this is important because it's not him. It's some actor <laughs> they got to lay on that bed. Wow. Uh, and Scrooge keeps asking who it is. He's like, who's that body on my bed? <laughs> <laughs> and then they go to the Cratchit's house where they're not feeling emotional about him. They're feeling emotional about Tiny Tim. Um, they're all grieving Tiny Tim. And Bob is like, oh, and I, by the way, I ran into Fred. And you know how great Fred is? <laughs> He's just great. I love Fred. Everyone should give Fred more money. (laughs) He just goes on and on about how awesome Fred is. And he's like, and Fred's going to get my son work. If only someone would give me and my family more money and work. (laughs) (laughs) What did Tiny Tim supposedly die of? A broken leg? (laughs) He uh, he just died of a plot device. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. In this, he has a crutch and he has like metal braces. So I'm guessing he has like polio. And yeah, that, that'd kill you. Well, he's going to die no matter what then. Right. I was going to say, <laughs> Scrooge could not keep him alive through polio. And this is actually good evidence that they were conning Scrooge. Because Scrooge changing his ways does, according to the story, uh. keep Tiny Tim alive. <laughs> and if he had polio, the spirit of Christmas can't fight off polio. And before this night, Scrooge did not know of the existence of Tiny Tim. Right? No, he didn't know about any of this. <laughs> so he only learned of him all news in the Ghost him. of Christmas present. And no, that's I'm, when they put the I'm leg braces sure on that him. They, Tiny Tim is a setup, right? Like they bought him the crutch and the braces like, you know, a week ago. And they're like, quick, put these on. Act <laughs> as decrepit as you can. And then miraculously after Scrooge starts helping him, they're like, hey, he got better. <laughs> he doesn't need the crutch anymore. They take him to his workplace, which he can see is refurnished, which wouldn't be that hard to do. And then they go to his grave and then he's like, ah, it's me. I'm the one who's dead. No, I'll change. I'll change. I'll never be so greedy again. I'll be a good person. He seems to think that being less greedy will make him live longer, which I'm like, dude, you're going to die either way. It's not going to make you live longer. I don't know. Unless he was murdered by like Bob Cratchit or someone. Yeah. You never (laughs) know. Fred. Give him his money. (laughs) Yeah. Fred, this is a threat, right? Like Fred's like, if you don't change, I'm I'm going to get you. (laughs) Kill you. I'll kill you and just forge the will. The will. Yeah. (laughs) He wakes up. And it's Christmas Day. Jacob Marley told him it would take the next three nights. Everything was done in one night. And the boy outside is like, why, sir? It's Christmas Day. And he's like, whoa, time travel. Yeah. Or like they just (laughs) were messing with you, dude. (laughs) There's no reason why it would have taken three nights. They just want to be like, ooh, spooky. You thought three nights had passed, but it was just one. (laughs) He orders the prize goose and sends it to the Cratchits. The one as big as me? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's like, it's like two times as big as Tiny Tim. <laughs> he leaves his house and immediately runs into the two charity workers who apparently <laughs> hang out right outside his doorstep <laughs> all day, every day. Well, they probably had to sleep there. 
they've been just doing stuff the whole night. They had to refurnish his office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just got back. <laughs> so yeah, they uh, they're just hanging out right there, and they're like, "Oh, what a coincidence, Mister Scrooge!" And then he promises them some absolutely obscene amount of money, which we don't get to hear. Uh, he just whispers it to them, and it's not included in the book. But they're like, oh, good they say, gracious. oh, no. And he's like, not enough? <laughs> <laughs> they set themselves up as, as the recipients of his charity, and they got his charity. He then uh, goes to visit Fred and have a Christmas dinner with him and all the people from his vision. They were all ready for Fred's Christmas dinner anyway. They were all there. <laughs> they essentially have to reenact it twice. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm tired. They have to do Christmas all those dinners. same games again. We had all to do one at like Christmas 4 a.m. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the next day at work, Scrooge gets there early and he gets there early just so that he can find Bob coming in late. And then Bob comes in 18 and a half minutes late. So Scrooge chews him out and then gives late. him a raise. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, dude, Bob is late. <laughs> well, he but knows yeah, he's going to get him... that raise. He probably never comes in on yeah. time again after this. <laughs> exactly. He's setting precedent. And yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the story. Um, I think it's 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 clear that uh, he this is all Fred and Bob's doing. Like they're the only ones who benefited from this. Them and the charity workers. And uh, someone's had to have set it up. What do you think? Well, <laughs> Is that you know, how it happened? Uh, I give it two bars and one humbug, <laughs> um, which is to say I like it. <laughs> Yay! Dude, that's how Scrooge says he likes things. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I wasn't on board to begin with, but I think I think you convinced me. Uh, either it was a dream. And, you know, how likely is that? <laughs> or yeah. it was a con. But it's definitely, definitely not a, a, a ghost con. story. Either way, Fred was up to no good. I mean, Fred was really, <laughs> he's skulking around, well, I mean, giving his Merry Christmas messages. <laughs> he, look who he's related to. You know, the apple doesn't yeah. drop far from the tree. <laughs> exactly. Fan taught him well. What do you think the odds are of us maybe possibly getting uh, the author on the podcast? Oh, Dick, Charles Dickens. Well, <laughs> yeah. maybe we could get a you Charles Dickens it? impersonator. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How do you impersonate someone who there's no like footage of? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think you mean like a ghost writer? Or, <laughs> I don't know. No, we'll someone just get, who writes we'll like get he a does. psychic medium. <laughs> Dude, that would be amazing. Oh my gosh. We should do that. And and on that on that chilling revelation, uh, I'd like to end this with the 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 famous words of Tiny Tim: <laughs> "Merry Christmas and God bless us, everyone. Have a great Christmas." If you like the podcast, you can always give us a review. Uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. We we really really appreciate any sort of. Uh, Christmas cheer you have to send us. Yeah, don't be, don't be a Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, don't be a miser. If you, if you, know, you don't you, subscribe. Yeah, dude, our podcast will die. It's on crutches. It needs your support. Yeah. <laughs> we got <laughs> poor little tiny tiny popcorn. That's what we call it. Tiny it popcorn podcast. It isn't real, but it tries. <laughs> it could be if you just send yeah. some support to patreon.com slash the popcorn isn't real. Go there. Popcorn send us could your Christmas be real. Cheer. Keep, keep that tiny popcorn. <laughs> popcorn alive <laughs> keep it real as yeah. they say as the kids yeah. say <laughs> keep it um, real <laughs> music for this episode is provided by christine and remember, remember the, the popcorn, popcorn isn't, isn't real, real.